all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. From MPB Think Radio, this is Southern Remedy for Women, the show all about addressing issues of health and wellness from a woman's perspective. I'm Karen Brown with Dr. Michelle Owens, specialist in maternal fetal medicine and OBGYN at UMMC, and surgical pathologist Dr. Allie Brown. Heading to the beach or the pool or the backyard or just outside means you're exposing your skin to the sun. How much sun is too much? What strength sunblock should you use? Is sun more harmful to youngsters or the elderly? When is a spot on your skin a spot on your skin? And when is it skin cancer? You're invited to ask questions, make comments, and share your stories with us at one eight seven seven mpb ring one 672 7464 or send an email to women at mpbonline.org. This is Southern Remedy for Women, and we'll be back after NPR News. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Lakshmi Singh. Attorney General Loretta Lynch is attempting to calm a growing tide of criticism over what she says was a chance meeting on Monday with former President Bill Clinton at an airport. She says their conversation was entirely social, but Lynch is also part of the federal investigation into Democratic presidential candidate Hillary Clinton, who could face charges over her handling of sensitive emails during her time as Secretary of State. NPR's Carrie Johnson says Lynch has said she would accept the recommendations of the FBI and career prosecutors, but... This is not a formal legal recusal under that definition. She may still review the conclusions, but it's unlikely she's going to alter them in any way whatsoever. So to call this a recusal is not quite right. She is, however, uh, more or less said she's going to defer to whatever the independent career lawyers are going to do here. NPR's Carrie Johnson. President Obama is pressing Congress to quickly approve legislation to address the spread of the Zika virus. I expect Congress to get this funding done before they leave for vacation. Obama is speaking after he was given an update by federal health officials at the White House. A federal judge has blocked a Mississippi law protecting religious objections to same-sex marriage. Supporters say it preserves religious freedom. The judge says it's discriminatory. NPR's Camila Dominoski has more. The law protects three specific religious beliefs, that marriage is between a man and a woman, only married couples should have sex, and whether you are male or female is set at birth. Susan Rostowski is one of the plaintiffs. She's an Episcopal priest and a lesbian. I just fought to um, make sure that people like me weren't mistreated in the state of Mississippi. Just before the law was set to take effect, Judge Carlton Reeves ruled it unconstitutional. He said it violated the First Amendment by favoring some religions over others, and it would hurt the LGBT community. Governor Phil Bryant says he looks forward to an aggressive appeal. Camila Dominoski, NPR News. Austria's highest court has overturned the results of the country's presidential election and ordered a rerun. 
NPR's Sarai Sarhadi Nelson is in southern Austria and reports the Losers Party had filed a lawsuit over alleged voting irregularities. It's the first time anything like this has happened in Austria's post-war history. The decision is a victory for the Populist Freedom Party, which challenged the May runoff between its candidate Norbert Hofer and former Green Party politician Alexander van der Bellen. He won by only a little more than 30,000 votes and was supposed to be sworn in next Friday. The court said it had no choice but to invalidate the runoff because there were irregularities affecting nearly 78,000 votes. Until the new vote scheduled for this fall, the presidency will be run by three parliamentary leaders, one of them being Hofa. Soraya Sarhadi Nelson, NPR News, reporting from Carinthia in southern Austria. This is NPR. This is shaping up to be a record year for Independence Day holiday travel. Tamara Johnson with the Auto Club AAA says people can avoid the heaviest traffic in one simple way, just leave earlier. We are projecting that 43 million Americans are going to be traveling. This is the highest number on record for Fourth of July travel, and that's 5 million more than we saw for Memorial Day weekend. For added incentive, motorists are paying less at the gas pumps. AAA says prices are down about 47 cents from a year ago. So if your car was built before 1997, don't risk driving it in Paris. NPR's Eleanor Beardsley reports an old car ban takes effect today in the French capital to help cut down on pollution. Starting today, the city of Paris is banning cars older than 19 years from its roads during the week and until 8 p.m. Motorcycles face even tighter restrictions with a driving ban on all two-wheeled vehicles made before the year 2000. Deputy Paris Mayor Christophe Nijovsky says traffic is the biggest cause of small particle pollution in Paris. He says banning the most polluting vehicles will go a long way toward reducing it. Najowski says the ban does not discriminate against those with lower incomes, as some groups have alleged. He says most low-income Parisians don't own cars and take public transport. Drivers who flout the ban can face fines of up to $500. Eleanor Beardsley, NPR News, Paris. The Dow is up 43 points at 17,973. I'm Lakshmi Singh, NPR News. Support for NPR comes from the financial services firm of Raymond James offering personalized wealth management advice and banking and capital markets expertise, all with a commitment to putting clients' financial well-being first. Learn more at RaymondJames.com. Catch up on past episodes and hear any of the MPB programs you've missed on the MPB Public Radio app, available on iTunes and Google Play. Listen live to MPB Think Radio and MPB Music Radio. Search MPB Public Radio. This is Mississippi Public Broadcasting. I'm Terry Gross. Listen to Fresh Air weekdays at 3 on MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio. We're glad to take your calls at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can always email your comments and questions to women at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting.
Amendment. Can you hear me? Be Think Radio. This is Southern Remedy for Women, the show all about addressing issues of health and wellness from a woman's perspective. I'm Dr. Michelle Owen, specialist in maternal fetal medicine and OBGYN at UMMC. And I'm joined today in the studio with Karen Brown and Dr. Allie Brown, surgical pathologist at UMMC. Headed to the beach or to the pool or the backyard or just outside means you're exposing your skin to the sun. How much sun is too much? What strength sunblock should you use? And you should always use sunblock. Is sun more harmful to youngsters or to the elderly? When is a spot on your skin a spot and when is it cancer? You're invited to ask your questions, make comments, and share your stories with us by calling 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can send us an email to women at mpbonline.org. And as always, if you'd like, you can send us a tweet if you are a... If you are a member of Twitterverse at Dr. Michelle Owens or at Dr. Allie Brown, or at Allie Brown MD, Um, again, this is Southern Remedy for Women, and we are talking about skin cancer today. So, good morning, ladies. Good morning, Michelle Owens. Karen, are you with us? I can't talk. Okay, so Karen is. We are. Karen's been censored. Yeah, she's she's uh, she's on the. She's on the bad mic today. <laughs> um, we're going to do a little switching around here. and um, as We are we're... really switching, y'all. If you could only see it. <laughs> we should be hilarious. periscoping yeah. or something. As we are kind of playing musical chairs here, musical trying to get things, getting things straight in the studio this morning, um, we are talking about skin cancer. We are right on the beginnings of a holiday weekend so hopefully people will get a chance to um enjoy celebrating independence we're very excited about that we started off at my kids school today with a uh with a nice fourth of july parade everybody dressed in their red white and blue hi everybody (laughs) <laughs> and Karen's here. As, we were playing musical mics. We had a little, little issue, and it's all fixed now. Musical mics, musical chairs. However, However how was the parade? Was, move. was your son dressed as Uncle Sam? No. So he, was, stilts, not, he was not dressed as Uncle Sam. However, the, the twins were dressed as Uncle Sam's. So, yeah, it's actually really cute. They cute. have these cute little hats, the red, white, and blue hats, stars and stripes hats. That had these little connections with the bottom part of a paper plate that had <laughs> had cotton balls stuck on it so that they had the little beard. It was the cutest thing. Of course so, yeah. it was. So the first of, I'm sure, many uh, different ways to celebrate um, Independence Day coming up over the course of the weekend. But we've kicked it off great in the Owens household. Hopefully everybody else is doing that as well there might be some in our listening audience who are tuning in as they are on their way to the beach or to visit family and friends and we just want everybody to be safe and that's kind of one of the reasons why um since summer has now started it's officially here that we wanted to kind of start out talking about some issues that are going to be important not only during the summer but especially during the summer months um, when people tend to have more sun exposure and are outside doing more um, but also to give you some tips that you can use throughout the course of the year um, to make sure that you limit your risk of skin cancer so should we start with symptoms or start with the basics you go outside and you're in the sun. How long can you be in the sun before you're in trouble? Well, I think, um, yeah, well, what I'd like to do first is kind of just talk a little bit about 
why, like how common it is, sure. you know, um, because I think that when we think about cancers and the things that, that, you know, when, when you think about cancers and women, most of the time people think immediately breast cancer, the pink, the pink ribbons and, um, breast cancer, or they may think about GYN cancers. Um, and you know, we talked about men's health on a previous, uh, show during, uh, men's health week. And I think when you think about men, people tend to think about prostate cancer. Um, but in actuality, skin cancers are the most common really? malignancies. Yeah, the most common cancers. Um, and one in five, which is roughly 20% um, of Americans will develop skin cancer in the course of a lifetime. Yeah, when you look at those statistics and they say breast cancer is the most common cancer in women and prostate there's always a little asterisk at the bottom that says non-skin cancer. Exactly. One in five because is Skin cancer is common. by far yes. the most common it is. Yeah. We all know more than five people. I if you think know. about it, it's a big deal. Are they all the same? Or are there lots of different kinds of skin cancer? So there are multiple different kinds. Um, and so of those, I think the, the good thing is that the ones that tend to be the most devastating are um, less frequent. So that's good. The things that are the worst tend to occur less frequently. Um, and so basal cell carcinoma is the most common of skin cancers. Um, and fortunately, it's probably the one that's the easiest to cure um, or that's the most easily treated. Um, more than 4 million cases of basal cell carcinoma are actually diagnosed each year. Jeez. Yeah, that's a big deal. Um, one of the ones I think most people might be more familiar with, of course, is probably one of the ones that's a little bit more aggressive or a more serious form of cancer, and that's melanoma. I think it probably gets a little bit more publicity, which is interesting because it occurs less frequently. Um, but again, it has the ability to recur or to metastasize. And so that's um, certainly more, more aggressive Absolutely. than most basal cell carcinoma. Let me insert the phone number here real quick. If you'd like to call in with a question or a comment, a story, whatever, one eight seven seven mpb ring one 672 7464 or send an email to women at so basal cell carcinoma is most common, second most common squamous cell carcinoma, um, second most common type of skin cancer, and there are about a million cases of squamous cell carcinoma that are diagnosed each year. Um, so there are some other things that like are precancerous lesions, and we can talk about that a little bit more um, later on in the show, but um, it's just really important to know that the vast majority of these are overwhelmingly tied to sun exposure, tanning, what we call UV or ultraviolet um, radiation or ultraviolet ray exposure. And so I think that's kind of where we're going to focus the the majority of of this show. Of course, if there are other questions that kind of are related to this or if people have other questions, we encourage them to call. But um, we really just want people to get information about how they can protect themselves and decrease their risk of something that actually is quite common. It's, is it all about sun? Are there other ways you can get skin cancer? So so yes, it, it there are other ways that you can get it. But again, over 90% of non-melanoma skin cancer is directly related to sun exposure or ultraviolet 
radiation. Yeah, I mean, artificial sun sources like a tanning bed, not good. And then... Which is um, why teenagers should mm-hmm. not go to tanning beds. Yeah, in the old days, they used to treat um, tinea of the scalp with ultraviolet light, and people would get squamous carcinomas on their um, scalp. So anything oh. that will give UV radiation, unless, you know, even if it's not the sun, would put you at risk. Some poisonings, like arsenic poisoning, can give you more squamous carcinomas. But That's that would not be the least common. of your problems if you had arsenic. Yeah, <laughs> I was just going to say, exactly. but if, you, if you can survive the arsenic By, yeah. poisoning and you just look at it and only end up, fact. I was just going to say that's <laughs> For the most so part, So what are the, the reasons sun. to avoid arsenic? Because you don't want to get cancer. That's uh, we're going to take our first call of the hour, and it is from Joanne, who is calling from Oxford. Morning, Joanne. Good morning. Go ahead. Uh, I've had uh, two uh, uh, carcinomas, skin carcinomas, on my, one on my leg and one on my nose. But I went to the farmer's market in the morning uh, in Oxford, and see a lot of college girls that, you know, lay out in the sun and, and cook. And, uh, but people that have had these type of uh, uh, cancers, they can tell those girls very politely that if, you know, you need to take care of your skin while you're young. Yeah, that, that's absolutely right. And sometimes when you talk to a teenager or a young person, it's more meaningful to tell them they're going to get wrinkles and they're going to get cancer, right? Like when you say, don't smoke because you're going to get lung cancer. It's if you tell them don't smoke because your teeth will turn yellow. That's how, that's how young people think. So uh, tell those girls at that farmer's market that they're going to get big, deep wrinkles and Botox won't help them. It'll make them look very old. Well, it was easy for me to do it for so long because mine was very visible because it's right on my nose. Mm -hmm. And uh, they would, look at me and I said, yeah, I said, I see y'all been laying out in the sun. And they said, yes, why? And I said, well, I said, take it from this old lady, which I'm not really old yet. <laughs> I said, one of these days, I said, you could be wearing part of your ear on your nose because they took the skin out of my ear to do the plastic, to do the skin graft on my nose. Wow. And, but, you know, kids are much more uh, receptive to, uh, to people telling them that, you know, staying out in the sun all day or laying out in the sun for hours is not good for you than they used to be. Yeah, definitely. I and think we're I, much more aware. Oh, yeah. And I, I think the other part, though, is just what what kinds of things that you value because, you know, everybody wants that sun-kissed look. They want yes. that, that nice golden bronze. You know, people talk about when they they feel like they, they look to too light or if they're not quite nice and golden tan in the summertime but you also have to think about the risks of what later on absolutely and 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 what that really means and is it worth the risk of having cancer um just to look a certain way and when you put it in that perspective i think it really um helps to put things in line about what's most important and why people should alter their behaviors. And it's not to say don't ever be out in the sun, but be safe when you're in the sun. Joanne, were you in the sun a lot before you got Yes. This? Uh, as a child, I was. I lived on a farm, never wore a hat, drove a tractor in a pair of shorts and a holder top at times. Hmm. That's what I was. And I, was, and I am redheaded. Like so you're a fair skinned You're a fair skinned individual a anyway. like Karen Brown. <laughs> That's right. And another thing uh, people should know is, you know, if you're concerned about a spot, 
don't wait. That's absolutely absolutely right. yeah, and you know there, and that may mean that um, if there's if there's an area that looks unusual or you've noticed changes in moles or a new spot that looks unusual, absolutely go and get it checked out. And there's nothing wrong with having those places removed or biopsied to make sure. I think any time that you're in doubt. Um, there's really no advantage or benefit at all to waiting, um, but it could definitely be costly. Joanne, we thank you so much. uh, We're glad you told your story. Yeah, it it gave us a lot of really good points to make out of just a very very short experience. Keep talking to those sunbathing beauties, okay, in Oxford. (laughs) So if you're in Oxford at the farmer's market, Joanne is going to be acting on behalf of us to spread the word so that everybody is up to date on how they can prevent uh, skin cancer. Way to go, Joanne. Thanks so much for calling. Have a great holiday weekend. You too. Dr. Owen, do you you made a great point that um, that you shouldn't leave things alone because I have seen in my work basal cell carcinomas, which are some of the most indolent cancers that there are in the human body. And we want to hear about that, but, but we do have to take okay. our break. We're a little bit late on taking our break, so I don't want to interrupt you, but I'm interrupting. But it's okay. <laughs> it was just one It's because we're sitting in the okay. wrong seat. We're going to get back to I know our it. mojo is off. <laughs> yeah, it is. I can't see the clock well enough. I mean, all right. If you want to call us with a question or a comment about skin cancer or something else, if that's on your mind, call one eight seven seven mpb ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four. Or send an email to women at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back on Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio. Support for MPB comes from the Pediatric and Congenital Heart Center of Alabama at Children's of Alabama, a cardiovascular care center for children in Birmingham, Alabama. More at childrensal.org slash heart. MPB Think Radio welcomes a brand new Sunday lineup. The new fan favorite, Backstory with the American History Guys, moves to noon to bring historical perspectives to today's events. At 1, Reveal uses investigative journalism to empower the public about tough issues in our society. Then the moth takes over at 2 and celebrates the art and craft of live storytelling. Catch the new Sunday lineup beginning July 3rd on MPB Think Radio. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. You're listening to Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio. We're glad to take your calls at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can always email your comments and questions to women at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We're back on Southern Remedy for Women. I'm Karen Brown. Dr. Michelle Owens here. Dr. Allie Brown is here. We're talking about skin cancer today. Pretty serious topic. And as we found out in the first 
segment. If you hadn't heard that, if you didn't hear it, um, it's a pretty prevalence, the most prevalent form of cancer. There is one in five people will have skin cancer at some point in their life. And when we left, Dr. Brown, you were talking about the size of melanomas you were seeing. No, no. I was saying that uh, Dr. Owens made a great point, which is not to wait too long, because although we did mention that things like basal cells are usually quite indolent or not aggressive, if left alone long enough, they can really be very destructive and invasive, particularly if you have it like on your face or somewhere where it's hard to get a wide margin around. Uh, it, it pays to get things taken care of very early. So a small pearly spot should be checked out when it's that small pearly spot and not a big old crater. All right. On the phone, Marion calling from McGee. Hi, Marion. Yes, ma'am. Hey, good morning. What's your question? Well, I need to know a doctor that you can go to. I have a place on my face that's been there about four months. It just appeared. It's red, and it's about two inches long. And it's it's the skin itself. Uh, there's one place that it looks like the skin is raised up, but I'm, I'm constantly shaving over it. I, I need someone to look at it. So tell me who to go to. Well, um, you know, that's... You can actually go to um, just your regular primary care physician is a great place to start. So if you have a, a family practitioner or an internist, um, you could see them. If they feel comfortable biopsying it, then they could do the biopsy there. Um, however, if after they examine you, they may feel like sending you to a dermatologist. Now, some dermatologists, um, you have to have a referral, and in some instances you can make the appointments, but they're usually very difficult to get. So I would say that the best place to start would be your primary care doctor, and from there, having them um, refer you if they feel like a referral is necessary. But most times they are able to do the biopsies themselves, but definitely... Um, if it's on your face, a primary care physician, you could go to an ENT person because sometimes they too will do those biopsies. Dermatologists will definitely also be able to do those. So any of those would be great places, but the primary care is probably the easiest to get into and the easiest place to start. Okay. Thanks a million. Thanks so much for calling. Thanks for calling. Have a great weekend. If you'd like to call in, our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, or send an email to women at mpbonline.org. Um, one of the things that I really wanted us to, to specifically talk about is um, there are some gender differences with respect to, um, to skin cancers and um, up until uh, around age 49 or 50, um, when we're talking about, when we talked about melanoma being the much more aggressive form of skin cancer, um, melanomas are more common in women up in, in the first half of our lives. Um, but then once you get to 50 and above, it, it kind of switches and becomes more common in men. So that's a little, mm. um, a little different. Um, another thing that's interesting is we're talking about sun exposure and risks for cancer. Melanoma is a little different and in that it can oftentimes present, especially in people of color, in areas that you don't typically think of that are um, related to um, sun, exposed, sun exposure, so not necessarily in sun-exposed areas. Um, 
And I think we'll... Yeah, we have a phone call that may relate to that. Kay is calling in from Jackson. Kay, good morning. Go ahead. Hi, I'm an African-American, and I've always heard I don't need to worry about skin cancer because we have dark skin. Is that a myth or is that fact? So um, that is actually a great question, and it is very much a myth. So if you are a naturally dark-skinned person, you do have a much lower risk than, say, a fairer-skinned counterpart. However, you are not immu- there is no immunity to skin cancer. And so um, women who are of darker skin, darker-skinned people in general, just need to make sure that you protect your skin and your eyes in the same way that fairer-skinned people might. Um, but also being aware of the fact that you may, if you're a person of color, most of the time people who are African-Americans or of other ethnicities, a lot of times they will have skin cancer, but I think in part because they believe that myth, well, it's not skin cancer no matter what it is. Um, a lot of times when they do discover or they're diagnosed with cancer, their cancer is usually at a much more advanced stage. So absolutely, this is not something that is for one particular ethnic group. This is across the board. UV radiation damages your skin. It damages the genetic information in your skin cells. And um, while people who have darker complexions are of low, at lower risk, that risk is not zero. And so you can still and should still take steps to, um, to protect yourself. Yeah, you should be particularly particularly aware of any pigment changes underneath your fingernails, on the palms of your hands, the soles of your feet, because some a type of melanoma that happens much more commonly in people with darker skin is called acrolentiginous melanoma, and that can present as something that starts under fingernail or on the palm of the hand. So be very um uh, diligent about checking those areas yeah. if you are a dark-skinned individual. Okay, that was a great question. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Bob Marley died from acral lentiginous yeah. melanoma. And you don't think about that on, I mean, nobody thinks about sun exposure on the palms of their hands mm-hmm. and the soles of their feet. Or someone might think, oh, maybe I injured my nail and that's mm-hmm. some blood under there. If it doesn't go away or you didn't remember getting injured, you, you should pay attention to Absolutely. that. If somebody has a lot of freckles or more moles than the average person, does that raise their risk of getting skin cancer? So usually melanomas don't arise from a pre-existing mole, if you're talking just specifically about melanoma. But there are genetic conditions where people have lots and lots of pigmented lesions, and those patients are more predisposed to getting uh, melanoma-type skin cancers. I mean, these people have lots and lots of moles. But also, being a, a skin type that easily freckles usually will mean that you have fair skin and would be at a higher risk. So usually when people have very freckled skin, it's uh, they also have uh, fair skin and would the same things that would apply to a higher risk of skin cancer in those individuals. You know, I, I think it's it also is, I know for me, you, you see a little spot on your skin and you go, well, it's a little spot on my skin. Right. And what if it was skin cancer? Then just, you know, just take that thing off. Can you talk about the, uh, the anatomy of skin cancer and how, how far down it goes? Well, well, first of all, I just said about melanoma, not usually, um, arising from a preexisting mole that, however, you need to be very conscious of how your moles look and if they're changing at all, have those looked at. So I didn't want to give a misinformation there. And there's did you know there are apps for that? They no, even have there's apps. There's apps for everything. I know. But for those people who are technically inclined, 
There are even apps that you can get that will help you to track um, moles that you have. So if you're a person who have mul has multiple moles, um, then you can scan them onto your smartphone and track them over time. Some of them will oh. send you alerts and tell you, hey, we haven't scanned mole on your upper right arm That's in crazy. the past four weeks so it's time to do it and if you are um, in the process say for example if you've seen a physician and you um, have like a three-month follow-up or something like that then if as you have skin changes or you can take these pictures and save them into your device so that your physician can actually see the evolution of your lesions over time say for example you have an appointment your appointment in three weeks and you want to track what it looks like from day to day or from week to week until your appointment. So you can, these are not to be used in lieu of um, seeing a physician, but there are actually apps and other things that are out there utilizing some of the newer technologies to help people um, better classified, describe, and can be used as adjuncts to, you know, your regular health care. We have a um, we have a email. Are the commercial spray on tans damaging for our skin? Can they cause cancer? You know, I I recently interviewed a dermatologist who and that was the only thing he recommended in terms of getting a tan. Yeah, it just was to use a lotion or the spray. Causes a little superficial uh, chemical reaction in in the keratin, that top layer of your skin, that causes it to change color. So it's so. not cancer forming or no. In fact, that that's much better than getting a suntan. Yeah, that's a, yeah, because I think the the active ingredient there is um, DHA, which is a, basically a sugar molecule, um, and that is what actually bronzes that outer portion of the skin. Um, but it's temporary, um, and there's no real concern that that DHA actually is harmful um, to uh, to humans uh, in those con in the concentrations that it is mm -hmm. used in spray tans. Just make sure you wash your hands percent Are you going to look crazy? Are your palms of your hands right. will be really brown? <laughs> <laughs> and if you sweat, it can. Oh, you get streaky. And, yeah, you get streaked. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take. Also, be careful. I use this stuff sometimes. Do not put it on your face so it gets on your eyebrows because it changes the color of your eyebrows oh. too. And it looks really weird <laughs> if you want to call in with a question about skin cancer, which is not funny. Uh, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, or send an email to us, women at mpbonline.org. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back on Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio. print impaired mpb's radio reading service is here for you our dedicated team of volunteers bring the world of news and entertainment to you for information and to see if you qualify call us at 601-432-6301 catch up on past episodes and hear any of the mpb programs you've missed on the mpb public radio app available on itunes and google play 
Listen live to MPB Think Radio and MPB Music Radio. Search MPB Public Radio. This is Mississippi Public Broadcast. Between Bill Clinton and Attorney General Loretta Lynch complicates things for Hillary Clinton, and Donald Trump slams his former rivals for going back on their pledge to support the nominee. They broke their word, in my opinion. They should never be allowed to run for public office again because what they did is disgraceful. Next time, here and now. Today at noon on MPB Think Radio. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. You're listening to Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio. We're glad to take your calls at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can always email your comments and questions to women at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Thank you for joining us on Southern Remedy for Women today. I'm Karen Brown. I'm here with Dr. Michelle Owens, specialist in maternal fetal medicine and an OBGYN at UMMC, and surgical pathologist, Dr. Allie Brown. We are talking about skin cancer, different types, how dangerous it can be, things you can do to prevent uh, some of the risks. And I was asking Dr. Brown um, before we went to break that, if you have a spot on your arm and it's maybe growing or changing shape, you look at it and you go, that's just a little thing. They can just take it right off. Mm-hmm. How can something that shows up on your arm or your leg be cancer and how can it affect the rest of your body? Yeah, so we de- we define something as being malignant when it has the ability to spread, you know, like cancer All right, does. where does it spread? It's not spreading on your arm. Well, it can. So it starts off as a little... Um, pre-malignant lesion, so something like we call an actinic keratosis. You might hear that diagnosis be said sometimes, like a little scaly kind of an area when we're talking about squamous cell carcinoma, which is very common. And eventually it will grow, and it not only grows, you know, on the surface of the skin, you know, out with the horizon, but it grows deep into the skin as well. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so it penetrates through the top layer of the skin into the connective tissue under the skin, where you have blood vessels and lymphatic vessels, and they can get in there and travel to the lymph nodes and elsewhere. So the, usually if you have a metastasis from a skin cancer, the first place of metastasis, metastasis are the lymph nodes that drain that area. So on your arm, it's the lymph nodes under your armpit. If it's done on your face, it might be the lymph nodes in your neck or around your ear. You know, your leg can be the lymph nodes in your groin, things like that. Is that one of the reasons why people... Let me ask it this way. Are people more, do they, do they approach it later when they get to the doctor and they have skin cancer? Have they had it for a longer period of time than perhaps another cancer? So I, I don't know that there's a, a universal answer for that. I think, um, as I mentioned before, there are some disparities that exist in the stage of diagnosis for some skin cancers. When you look at darker skinned uh, ethnic groups as opposed to Caucasian, their Caucasian counterparts or even Asian counterparts. Um, however, that it doesn't necessarily mean that just because it's skin cancer at the time that you're diagnosed, it'll be further along than say any other type. Um, 
skin cancer is no different than the other cancers that we talk about. Early detection is always the key. And so ideally, you would like to catch a lesion that is either pre-malignant or that is changing and have it taken care of before it actually becomes cancer. Um, That's in a perfect world. Um, and that doesn't always happen, which is why it's really important to be hypervigilant about anything that is a new, um, a new lesion that you notice, especially on sun-exposed uh, areas, but any kind of skin lesion that's new or that changes over a period of time needs to be evaluated. We were saying off air that a lot of sun damage comes when you're a kid because you're outside running around and you're Mm -hmm. not paying attention. So it sounds like parents should take extra caution with their own children with sunblock and hats. And And I think when we were kids, there was less uh, attention toward those things. Now that there's a lot more of an emphasis on, on sunscreen. We, we know, and as the more that we know about the harmful effects of UV radiation and that it's not just limited to UVB, but how you need broad spectrum coverage um, because there's not really been any ultraviolet radiation exposure that's considered safe, so to speak. So um, all of those have the potential to cause damage to this, this, the, inf- the genetic information and the cells in our skin. And so the other piece is that it's cumulative, right? So if you had a lot of sun exposure when you were a child, like that doesn't just disappear. Like that exposure and the damage that was done persists. And so it's cumulative over the course of your lifetime. And about a quarter of that you actually experience or is experienced by the time people are 18 to 20 years of age. Um, and it just continues to be additive over time. So um, this is not kind of one of those things where, oh, that was something I had a problem with before and I don't have a problem now. You kind of carry that along with you, and it's never something that you're actually able to just leave behind. If you'd like to call us, if you have a story, maybe you found a a lesion or a, a mole that had changed, what you did about it, you know, whether it turned out to be serious or not, we'd love to hear that story. Or if you have a question about skin cancer, call us at one eight seven seven mpb ring one 672 7464 or send an email to women at org. Does it make a difference when you are outside or you send a little one outside what number you use on some block? You know, you see... 13, 30, 40, 10,000, 60, 100. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What what difference should should you stick to a certain number? Well, uh is it 15 or 30? There's one where 15. you get once you get like to 15, I think there's little added effect above that. So, you know, they market these SPF 100s and really? I don't know that an SPF 30 is any less. Well, you know, they effective. also call it like, the one that's 50 or 60, they say for babies. 
you know, yeah. it says for babies. So that's yeah. just that's just something to get you to buy it for your baby. Well, I th- I think the good thing about the baby one, speaking as a mom of young kids, <laughs> is that you they usually don't burn eyes. So when you get that sweaty forehead or you go in the pool, if you're not putting the baby stuff on them, then your kids tend to not like you very much. So that's important. But I think what's it really is. important is get that SPF at least 15 or 30 and reapply. So it's not like yes. you just put it on in the morning and then when you ho- get away from the beach at 4 p.m., you know, <laughs> you have to keep on applying, particularly if they're sweating, if they're playing in the water and things like that. How often? Like every hour, every two hours? Is there a standard? Gosh, I don't know if there's a there, too often. There's not really a standard, but I do believe that as you have, um, you know, after a few hours, if you've uh, been exposed to water, et cetera, then absolutely, whether it's sweating um, and or if you're doing water sports or anything of that nature, then absolutely you need to reapply. There's not really any standard for I know as a kid, it would be like, oh, when you are you starting to turn pink? Let's put some more on. But that's probably a little too late. So don't wait until you got a little pink. Oh, I better put on more. Put it on before you yeah. get pink. And there's an app for that, too. There's one called of My course. UV Patch. Yeah, it's called My UV Patch. And so you can actually use that to look at an area of your skin and it will estimate how much UV radiation you're being exposed to at that particular That's time. It's a magic app. Yeah, and it can so then it can also help to clue you in on when you need to reapply. Cool. Back to the phones we go and this is a question or a comment about sunblock. Marsha's calling in from Jackson. Hi Marsha. Hi. What's your question? Uh, my question is sending a Spending time outdoors, I put both, you know, sunblock and uh, uh, insect repellent on. Is there a particular order you need to put them on, or does it make any difference? You know, sunblock first and then uh, the insect spray or vice versa? Those insect sprays sometimes are a little bit oily. Um, and yeah. and I don't know necessarily that this is accurate, but I would think that you would put the sunblock sunblock on, on let it Mm -hmm. soak in. And okay. and then the the insect spray, I, but I don't I don't know that that particularly matters. Yeah, I think I would I would probably also say that what you would want is there not to be a barrier of any sort between your sunblock and your skin, and so because anything that is a potential barrier could decrease the effectiveness of what you're applying. So okay. I would say put the sunblock on first. And okay. because that's the thing you want it directly on your skin to give your skin the greatest protection. And then okay. after that, all the extra stuff that you might want to do for insect repellent, et cetera, because it's much more important to your overall health um, to repel the sun rays than it is to repel the insects. Plus, if you put the bug spray on first and then the sun, sun lotion or the sunblock, they may be attracted to the sunblock, the insects. Who knows? Because <laughs> they can't smell the insect spray anymore. You've covered it up. I not thought about that. <laughs> That's just the layman talking. I know nothing about that. The wisdom of Karen <laughs> oh, Brown. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. I just found a cute quote on, uh, on the internet from WebMD from a dermatologist. He said that an SPF 15 blocks about 94% of the UVB rays. SPF 30 blocks 97%, so 94% to 97%. And SPF 45 blocks about 98%, so 1% more. And then he says, after that, it just gets silly. (laughs) I like that. Thank you so much for your call, Marsha. We appreciate it. Good question. Staying with the phones, we say hi to... Tell me your name. Tell me your name because I can't... Hi, caller from Memphis. 
You're from Memphis. Oh, okay, okay. My name is Elsie. Elsie. Okay. Oh. There was a weird spelling up on our board here. Elsie from Memphis. Go ahead, Elsie. Well, my uh, this is a response to the doctor's uh, comment on who to see if you think you have something suspicious on your skin. Uh, my advice would be to go to the dermatologist immediately and not the primary care doctor. Uh, my husband had many skin cancers, etc., and he was going to a dermatologist, but not one that uh, was real thorough. And then a spot was found on top of his head. We checked around, and the Mid-South Dermatologist on Union Avenue were well-known. He went there. Uh, a spot was removed, and it turned out to be melanoma. It was very. It was only 0.4 millimeters deep after surgery. It was 7 millimeters deep. Mm. And had he been going there to begin with, he would not be a patient at West Clinic. So that is uh, my comment. All right. Well, thank you so much for thank sharing you, your story, and we wish your uh, husband continued health. One thing I'd like, because I've heard some stories in the past that people are trying to get in with a dermatologist. There's there can be an access issue. It can be very yeah, long waits. That's kind if, of what, yeah. If you have a pigmented lesion, say that to the lady that you're calling. You know, and and they they should get you in a earlier. Pigmented, all right. If you have something a dark thing on your skin that's changing. Yeah they will probably bump you up ahead. We do need to take our break, our last break of the hour. If you were thinking about calling in, now's the time. And the number is 1-877-MPB-RING, 1-877-672-7464. Or send an email to women at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. Radio is your voice for Mississippi. If you or your community has an event coming up and you'd like help spreading the word, send us an email. You've got mail. To PSA at mpbonline.org. Hello, Mississippi. Dr. Rick here to let you know it's time to replace that old car tag and show your support for Mississippi Public Broadcasting. MPB is pleased to announce that you have been approved for your own personalized MPB car tag. This is just another way you can help us continue educating, informing, and entertaining Mississippians. Head on over to mpbonline.org slash car tag to pre-order your MPB tag today. This is MVB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. You're listening to Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio. We're glad to take your calls at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can always email your comments and questions to women at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. (laughs) 
And we're back talking about skin cancer today on Southern Remedy for Women. If you were thinking about calling or sending an email, now's the time. We have about seven minutes left to take your calls at 1-877-MPB-RING, 1-877-672-7464, or send your email to women at mpbonline.org. And we go back to the phone, and Julie is calling in from Natchez. Go ahead, Julie. Hello, uh, the woman that called about the uh, sunscreen and the bug spray. Uh, they actually have some combinations of that out now. Man, that was uh, my business idea. Uh, it's, it's Julie. Of, uh, um, I'm trying to think. We may, uh, Avon has one, and I'm thinking frog, bullfrog uh, or Bull something frog, like yeah. that has one. Scooped. Has, has one out, but it's a combination of bug spray and sunscreen. I was planning my retirement. <laughs> oh yeah, the Avon is like sun so soft or something. Skin so soft. Skin so soft. They've got a sunscreen. They've yeah. got a sunscreen with ah. a sun spray in it, yeah. and yeah. Um, it comes in a pump or spray. And uh, Bullfrog has one. Julie, I love it, great Julie. suggestion. Thank, thank you, you so much. much. Okay, thank you. Have, Have a great weekend. Burst. That Julie, she took away your I your patent. It. Yeah, you were way behind time. <laughs> All the good ideas are taken. <laughs> All right. What else do we need to know? Will we wait for other callers? I guess the biggest thing that, you know, we kind of glossed over it um, when we talked about tanning beds. But I think, um, you know, we we got an email um, and uh, one of our listeners wanted us to kind of emphasize the importance of understanding um, the contributions that uh, tanning beds have to skin cancer, especially in the pediatric population. And so, you know, we were talking about grown-ups, and we talk about how uh, sun exposure or ultraviolet uh, radiation exposure is cumulative over the course of your lifetime. But um, this is really a big deal, um, especially for those those young tanning girls that our first mm-hmm. caller mentioned, um, if they are not getting it from being out in the Tupelo sun, but if they are going to tanning beds, that it significantly increases their risk. And when you look at, um, for example, pediatric melanoma cases, they are like 90% of them occur in kids between the ages of 10 to 19. And we talked about how that's a very aggressive form of cancer, of skin cancer. Um, and... So to see the effects of this in the in the pediatric population, um, if you use a tanning booth or go to a tanning bed before the age of 35, you actually increase your risk of melanoma by 75%. Oh, my goodness. Uh-oh. That's a lot. It is. That's scary. Yeah. In high school, so, my friend worked at one, so, and we were all up in there. Well, I mean, that's... Well, I so, mean, I wouldn't do it now. I'm not condemning. So I told you that when I, I did pageants... And when I won my uh, when I won my second uh, preliminary, the one of the awards that I got was free tanning for a year, was free utilization of the tanning salon for a year. Free increase in cancer. Yay. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, that wasn't how that wasn't how it was marketed. And the truth is that when you go to tanning salons, they may not share that information with you. But that is part of the reason why. Um, there are medical societies and academies that support prohibiting the use of tanning salons for people who are younger than 18. Again, because it's cumulative, the vast majority of your risk or your um, your exposure is going to occur by the time you're 18 years old. And the addition of tanning beds 
actually drastically increases your risk for very aggressive forms of skin cancer. And, you know, it's just, it's really not worth it. It is the most lethal form of skin cancer. It's also the most common form of cancer in young adults. Um, and if you're talking about teens, it's 6% of cancers in teenagers from age 15 to 19. So this is a big deal um, for the pediatric population as well as adults. Wow. All right. Frank, calling in from Jackson. Good morning, Frank. Yes, uh, I have two things. Number one, there was a uh, show this morning called The Doctors, and they had a lady there who was a professional dancer uh, dancing with the stars who developed skin cancer on the top of her feet and her ankle. Second thing is that on another one of your shows, I recall someone saying that African-Americans can get skin cancer on the bottom of their feet. Could you talk about both of those instances? Oh, well, the lady on Dancing with the Stars, was she an African-American dancing lady? No, 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 no. Well, she if you think about it. areas where people get exposure to sun, it's areas where you can think about when you're standing up, right? So they tend to get it on their nose because it sticks out, right? On their shoulders and their upper back. Uh, women tend to get it more often on their calves because maybe they wear some clothing where they're exposed. And I would think the top of the feet. I mean, I'm wearing some shoes right now and the top of my you feet are out. Of your feet. You know, and I don't know, some of these dancers, they look real tan all the time. I know they might get sprayed, but she might have been in the tanning bed too. So the top of the foot is kind of like skin anywhere else on your body. The bottom of the foot, this is that acral skin that we talked about earlier, um, that, that thick, if yeah. you think of it as the, the thicker skin on your body. Your palms and so, your soles, yeah. things like that. And also the areas under your fingernails. So those are areas that you can also get skin cancer, which is almost always a melanoma. And that is a type of cancer uh, location for melanoma that we see more commonly in darker skinned individuals. Does that answer your question? Oh, he's gone. Frank, you got... You... He took off his shoes. He's having a look. All right. <laughs> oh, there you are, Frank. Does that answer your question? Uh, yeah, but why is that? Well, if you think about it, that's an area... So the pigment in your skin blocks this harmful UV rays. And if you look at... The, I'm a dark-skinned person. If I look at my palms and my soles, they're a lot lighter, right? And the areas under my fingernails, a lot lighter. Right. Yeah, that's so why. that just makes it much more susceptible because you don't have the ability... The, the protective pigment is not there. All right, Frank, thank you for your call, and we're going to go to our last call. Susie, we have less than a minute left. You're calling from Mobile. Can you make it really quick? I can throw this idea out for a future show, please, ma'am. Sunburns versus tattoos. I saw a young woman who had the most beautiful, I mean, her skin looked like it was made out of opal, and she had a tattoo across the back. Um, uh, But, uh, you know, hey, whatever. Like I said, let's throw that out for a, you know, a future show. All right. Thank you, Susie. So much. Thank you all for your questions. She sounds so much like another one of my friends from Mobile. Thanks so much, Dr. Owens, Dr. Brown. Good information today. Southern Remedy for Women is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Think Radio. It is funded in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and by generous support from the members of the Foundation for Public Broadcasting in Mississippi. Today's show was engineered by Jay White. For Dr. Michelle Owens, I'm Karen Brown. Join us next Friday at 11 for Southern Remedy for Women, and stay tuned. NPR's Here and Now is next on MPB Think Radio. Have a great 4th of July, everyone.
This forecast is underwritten by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Mississippi. Information on how to make good health a family affair is available at bcbsms.com. Very hot and very muggy, not only today, but all the way through the 4th of July weekend. Now, we are going to see some precipitation as we go into probably Monday night and Tuesday. 